Welcome everybody to another episode of the Money Mitch Effect. My name is Mitch Michaels, the sports podcast coming to you again on all your favorite podcast platforms. Joining me now to recap an up and down, turbulent, exciting week one of the NFL season is our guy from the NFL Network, Adam Musto. Adam, thanks again for joining me on this show. It's fun to have football back, although some teams might not be having as much fun as uh, I am personally. <laughs> yeah, week one's always a great, you know, the start of the regular season is always great. Um, obviously, there's going to be overreactions. There's going to be things that play out, but it's just good to you know get in the flow, flow of things on Sundays and well, you know, almost every day now, Thursdays and Mondays as well. But yeah, I think we you know found out some things. Obviously, things will play out, but you know, looking forward to another exciting NFL season. Well, we got to start with the you know heartbreak of Monday night Jets Bills and uh, Jets win that game in overtime. The outcome of the game isn't necessarily the biggest thing unless you're a Bills fan and you got a lot to clean up, but. The Jets lose Aaron Rodgers, as everyone knows by now, on the first series of the game, and Achilles full rupture out for the year. And it's, you know, fair to wonder what the future looks like for a guy who's going to be over 40 trying to come back from that injury. But, I mean, Adam, you're a student of the game like I am. You don't have to go back too far. This was a Tom Brady situation against the Chiefs where you have all these high hopes. I mean, the difference being the Jets had never really won anything before. So this hurts even more that they finally had optimism and excitement in the franchise and Rodgers goes down early and then it's you know it's tremendous fight and in a way I would say almost more cruel to see how good this team is and what a great quarterback would do uh, just heartbreak for the Jets and for Rodgers and he just felt like something special evaporated on a national audience in front of everyone yeah I think they call it a pyrrhic victory when you know the overall outcome is good but there's some negativity around it um, and yeah I mean there was so much hype around the Jets um, obviously both New York teams are going to get a lot of hype um, big markets as well you know I think that we and obviously being on hard knocks and we have seen it I feel like the last few years with Peyton Manning winning a Super Bowl obviously not in his first year with the Broncos and Tom Brady doing it and with the Buccaneers I was even trying to think, think or starting to think okay maybe this is the new norm this is the way to win the Super Bowl um, even not totally, you know, on the back of Matt Stafford, but kind of building, you know, signing a, a, a free agent quarterback, a veteran quarterback, and, you know, making a run with a bunch of other people around him. So, you know, similar to when Brady was with the Buccaneers, it's like the whole team just kind of revolves around him. I, well, maybe not so with the Jets, because they did have some young players in place, um, had a really good draft last year. But the NFL is obviously a quarterback-driven league, and, you know, Zach Wilson did a, the situation, I think, a pretty good job. Um and it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be I understand all that. Yeah, yeah. No, it is, and you know, you you never really think a team's a quarterback away, and this might be the rare exception because of just how talented they are in a lot of positions. That catch Garrett Wilson make, I mean, of course, I got to shout out my guy a Buckeye, but that was incredible. He's got Troy Aikman saying he's got a release like Jerry Rice. That's high praise from Troy. But, you know, the Jets are going to fight. We know that they're going to, you know, push forward, but they're always going to have that doubt in the back of their mind. And for Rodgers, it's just a debilitating thing to have that happen physically and then the emotional side of it and what he does from here. So, you know, the Jets and, and what this means for the playoff picture, obviously the division itself, which we'll get to in a second, Adam, the Bills looked like a mess on offense most of this game, and I know Josh Allen's going to get a lot of the, the flack, deservedly so. He threw four picks, three of them to Whitehead. I think all, yeah, I think that was the right. I mean, he had another turnover in there, but you know, he was a shell. He's had bad games before with that reckless style, but 
I almost think it might be worse than just the Josh Allen problem. I'm seeing issues with this offense. They've never really had the run game in the last couple of years, and the line looks significantly worse too. So the Bills can right the ship, but they've got a lot to clean up. Yeah, and you know, to your first point, I think around the quarterback, the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, when Dan Reno. He was only 32, though. He tore his Achilles in '93. Yeah, Seahawks. Yeah. Todd Mitchell uh, became the quarterback then, and everything kind of went off the rails. They were nine and two, and they ended up uh, losing the last five. So you know, still finished nine and seven. Still had Don Shula as their coach. Things weren't going to go well. You know, <laughs> not a great situation again. But um, to the Bills, I, I don't know. You know, maybe Josh Allen kind of masked some holes with his athleticism, and just um, you know, sometimes sometimes things kind of fall back to earth. I still think he's you know a top five quarterback in the NFL, yeah. MVP candidate. Um, you know, I would like to have him as a franchise quarterback. I do think he's one that you can, you know, eventually mm-hmm. try to hoist the Lombardi Trophy and, and win around him. But you know, there has to be consistency, and you can't just put everything on him. And yeah, the turnovers have been an issue, um, fumbles and interceptions. Uh, kind of crazy looking at the stats. Usually, they're able to dig their way out, but we've kind of, you know, we saw that last year too, where I feel like there are games where maybe they, not necessarily specifically the Jets with Rodgers, mm-hmm. but games last year where they maybe played to the level of their competition um, that ends up hurting them it comes down to seeding and home field advantage and things like that well I will say and you touched on it too we're an overreaction league week to week especially week one but maybe the overreaction was every going into this game like oh this is where the division race really is and I still you know given what we'll see from the Patriots, I don't know where they factor in, but I think the overreaction might not be given the Dolphins' respect because that game against the Chargers, Adam, was probably the most exciting game of the week. And what we saw is, for all their flaws, for all their questions with Tua and everything, if a healthy Tua is out there with Tyreek Hill, who's the best playmaker in football, along with Jalen Waddell and Mike McDaniel calling plays, I believe in this offense, and I think everybody does, and I think they're going to be in the thick of it. And you hate to say one door opens with Rodgers closing. They might have walked through it regardless. This Dolphins offense is just staggeringly successful. Yeah, I guess it kind of goes back to, you know, last year the the case was that with the AFC West, obviously with the Raiders and the Broncos, um, and, you know, kind of that division falling flat outside of obviously the Chiefs um, for the most part. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think that it it is a very stacked division, um, you know, the, the Patriots, obviously, the jury still continues to be out on Mac Jones. But you know, obviously, with Bill Belichick, they're going to be in the race. I don't really ever see them. Yeah, and, and they almost yeah. stole that game, by the way, which is a testament yeah. to coaching or maybe some of the concerns I have with Philly. Because we, we can, I mean, we can bounce around a little bit here. We're still technically in the AFC East. But you look at it from the perspective of what the Super Bowl runner-up hangover is, and there's a lot of reasons. Like, you lose guys, which happened to Philly. You got that close, and you have to, you know, dig yourself back and start from square one you're on the same level as every other team and we they know it's a long haul because they made it all the way to the final game last year but that game to me was only close because it's bill belichick versus nick sirianni yeah i think yeah that's a great point um i don't know what it is specifically about the super bowl hangover obviously i feel like it does it's just hard to obviously it's hard to repeat it's hard to go back to back so many things happen um you know i feel like making to the Super Bowl, a lot of things have to go your way, and it's hard for that to happen back-to-back times. So, and, you know, with Hurts, too, he got a contract. It's, talking about, you know, quarterback contracts, I feel like it's hard to build around, maybe not, you know, the following year, but the Patriots are going to be in it, and I would be a little worried about that. And then maybe going back to the Dolphins, um, I would admit I probably 
still on the fence with Tua. Um, also, a very Chargers way to lose a game. I feel like we continue to do that. I like them. I like Justin Herbert. I think he's a great quarterback. Obviously, there's issues. Um, and, mm. you know, when we talk about floors and ceilings, I feel like that's there's always that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough one because, you know, the Chargers offense look good again. Mike Williams gets hurt, which isn't great. You also can't use the excuse that, you know, the defense had injuries. They were all healthy out there, and the Dolphins still Mm -hmm. gashed them pretty good. So I know it's a long route, but, you know, and I get the biggest concern with Tua is how long is this guy going to be on the field? And, you know, but he's there. I mean, Tyreek Hill, I I, (laughs) – what can you say? He's always open, and it's just remarkable. Um, Got to talk about my guys, though. The Browns beat the Bengals uh, in a you know rainy day in Cleveland where they just pushed him around at the line of scrimmage. That, to me, was the most eye-opening thing. I think it's why a lot of people, you know, look, Burrow hasn't won in Cleveland. They, they lost their last six here, I believe. And, you know, I think that you can point to one main reason why that is with a lot of the roster turnover, especially the quarterback position. It's been not the main factor. It's been the line of scrimmage and the Bengals for all their great strengths and for Burrow and we could get into his contract. They've still got issues protecting him and we saw it yet again with Miles Garrett and company wreaking havoc. Yeah, and that's, you know, that I feel like that's always been the matchup in football. Um, you know, a solid defense and a solid offense and I think now things do shift obviously to the quarterback and there's only a few of them. I think Joe Burrow's one of them um, that are, you know, the top echelon quarterbacks. But they have flaws, and it is bizarre because, you know, Burrow will go out and, you know, defeat the Chiefs on the road or, um, you know, continue to, you know, do amazing against, you know, the perennial Super Bowl contenders. Um, so I think it's great. I think the Browns probably were a little, you know, ticked off, a little, you know, want their respect um, and definitely proved it. I mean, that, that was a, you know, I think a, a score that definitely surprised a lot of people, even, you know, when you're going around the – the, the scoreboard and you know so many close games and that was a blowout mm-hmm. you know for probably that not, not many people yeah. would have picked that way. Yeah, Elijah Moore is going to be a huge addition. We expect Deshaun Watson to play better. It wasn't the best game for him, but given the conditions and also you know like it, and Tom Brady did this a bunch. I'm going to use him as the the measuring stick obviously for a lot of these examples. But when you have a game where the defense is rolling, maybe the conditions aren't good and you don't need to take chances. Just play smart. You know, fantasy owners be damned. Like I think that was part of what happened as that game progressed when Cincinnati wasn't moving the ball. I, I don't think that, I mean, we, we could see what happens when this contract with Burrow kicks in, because right now I don't think they're having to, to sacrifice, but that'd be my worry for the Bengals, right? I know they started slow last year and they made the run, and we, we know all these great things, but they haven't even gotten to the stage yet where they're going to have to let guys go because they can't pay them. Right, yeah, and, you know, some of those would be offensive playmakers. You know, we were just talking about the Eagles and the Super Bowl hangover. You know, the Bengals were there before so um it's yeah it's tough to you know put those teams together obviously it helps to have a mm-hmm. you know one of the generational quarterbacks but there's still you know 31 other teams that are fighting for that and uh you know they don't want to relinquish that as well so you know it, it's really this balance i think of you need a great quarterback but you also need so many mm-hmm. pieces around you Not just other players but i feel mm-hmm. like you know good managers good or a general manager good ownership that kind of you know had mm-hmm. resources and about winning and then you know coaches and, and even not just the head coach but you know coordinators as well yeah how do you uh assess i know we didn't talk about this before and you have one week of sample size but this afc north you saw the steelers get you know bunched or uh, punched around pretty good by the niners which you know they're obviously super bowl contenders the ravens win a little sloppy but new offense factoring that out and then this Bengals browns game how do you assess and break down this uh, afc north 
Well, it's always, you know, I feel like top to bottom, it's always very competitive. And even, you know, there's a lot of years where you're not, maybe not going to have a, I'm going to stick with the 16 game schedule because the record still makes sense, but, you know, 14, uh, two or 15 to one team, but, you know, sometimes 10 and six will win it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's like a weak, weak division. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's going to be hard hitting. Um, I do feel like teams always seem to go on a run or fall off. You know, the Ravens had a, you know, fell off a cliff was a couple of years ago, um, or, you know, fighting and scratching a team trying to get in as a wild card and even making a run. We've seen that before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's definitely not a single team there that I want to write off. Um, it, you know, Pittsburgh is still, I feel like even, you know, those, even going back to like kind of like not comparing them to New England, well, you know, I don't know, the last 20 years or 15 years or whatever, yeah. it's been, you know, have a fair amount of Super Bowls, but I'm still not really on the Kenny Pickett bandwagon, um, but I think they have enough of a, uh, you know, support around them to still, you know, yeah. be able to, you know, eke out some wins. Yeah, well, that's a that's a good thing. I mean, that's a good point. You know, the Steelers are always 500 or better. Tomlin just finds a way, but the Pickett thing could be an issue. I know the Niners are great, obviously, and shout out to them, right? Brock Purdy just comes back like he never left. He's still, you know, he's still undefeated in the regular season. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, obviously, we saw what happened with Trey Lance, and uh, you know, even kind of maybe going back to like RG three and Kirk Cousins, where you you know you spend the high draft pick on a guy who doesn't work out. Um, I was even just thinking today. I don't know if you know maybe him starting for the Jets would be an option. Um, talking about Trey Lance, mm-hmm. but um, but then you find a guy late in the draft, and I think that's just a great example of good play calling, good weapons all around, and it really helps a quarterback, uh, you know, be able to step into that system and still have you know a bunch of targets. I feel like that's going to work out a lot better than sometimes even you see a guy first overall pick who's going to a team who's an absolute right. train wreck and doesn't have any any weapons around him. So. Um, you know, I think he's got a good system, and it's a good, it's a good place for him. And uh, and you know, he's doing a great job. Right. I was trying to think who the other name is, and you should probably know. You would know this for sure, right? But I saw the stat: Purdy, Howell, and would it be Spencer uh, Riddler in Atlanta? But the three lowest paid quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks, won on Sunday. So I think it's Spencer because oh, okay. I don't think yeah. he was a first round pick. So hey, it's something about building a roster. So. Uh, something to consider yeah. there, yeah. Yeah, and because of what Ritter was like third round or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you kind of have that, you know, four, three, four, five year window in a rookie quarter, or rookie contract before, um, where you can still build around and you know have a good defense and have other weapons. You know, I think it's so tough now um, because you have you know running backs. The shelf life is so short, and mm-hmm. then you have you know it's player you know michael thomas is maybe one example or even just guys who have like a one one year wonder where you think okay this will be a great person to you know help our team and then right. and then you know they're not the same so it's just i feel like so difficult just to make it to a super bowl win a super bowl and then you know regardless of setting up another dynasty for sure we talk about that a bunch with the chiefs for all Mahomes's greatness they just nail these late round mid round picks and that's as big of an if not more important factor uh, given the contract. Last thing before I forget, because unfortunately it was Dobbins who went down with an Achilles injury too. I mean, is this going to be, I mean, is Rogers Adam going to be the pendulum swinging to go to grass? Cause the players are fed up with it. And this is different than different than me or you or respected media or even fans getting upset. These are the players that are fed up. I feel like Rogers might be the final straw. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of factors into it. I mean, the number one priority should be players' health. That should really be the only thing. Um, but there are going to be, you know, other things about um, concerts, 
and cost and weather conditions. We've seen a few times where, you know, I remember it was it 07 or 08-ish, maybe 09, I think when Angini was the coach of the Jets, maybe 2010 or so, <laughs> yes. where the, the Jets roughed up the Patriots at Gillette, and then I think because of they basically switched from grass to turf, um, <laughs> you know, in the middle yeah. of the season. Right. You know, I've been watching a lot of old NFL games from the 80s, and just the more I watch on artificial turf, it's just, it's crazy that they used to play on that. I mean, it literally cement and then rug, like, you know, so you just get a bunch of rug burns. And that's one, you know, you look back and you're going to be like, we, you know, we already knew it, but it's like, this is just insane that this actually mm -hmm. happened. I do think that there should be a change of just, you know, there's got to be ways to make grass across mm -hmm. the board, and then you know, also make it sustainable where it doesn't need to be, you know, maintained every single, it's always, you know, it's always going to yeah. be tough. The Bears have been on grass for a while and, you know, right. they, we saw with uh, Washington and RG3, it's going to be divots, but I just feel like that cushion and you have to listen to the players because they're the ones playing on it. It's not the people in the, the luxury boxes. A lot to consider as we move along on the money Mitch effect. Uh, all right, Adam, I want to get your thoughts just want to get a vibe check on how we're feeling after another Bears-Packers loss. Is this, you know, ho-hum, we expect it, not buying into this year's hype? Is there a more morbid glimpse into the future with uh, Love maybe being the guy or the Packers finding success without Aaron Rodgers? Where are we at mentally with the outcome of last Sunday's game? As a Bears fan or as a Packers? As a, as a Bears fan, because I do, I think there's two ways you can look at it, and I'm just curious yours, if this is just, look, the Bears are a bad team and this was expected, yeah. or, Jesus, this guy might be a, <laughs> a quarterback and we might have to deal with this again, like Groundhog Day. Well, there would be, you know, th those would be two things. So it's kind of like when, you know, going back to when the Packers beat the Bears in the NFC Championship game, that was, that's kind of like the worst situation because not only are you not going to the Super Bowl, but the team you hate the most is going to the Super Bowl. So I think Bears fans could probably take like, okay, you know, we'll be average again. Even though I would say there was a ton of hype just walking around the, uh, you know, the city uh, the weekend leading up. There were so many people wearing Bears shirts, especially like Sunday before the game. So I do think that probably overhyped, but I do think this was a season where the expectation was at least to go to the playoffs. Um, I, Justin Fields still had to prove it to me. Like, has spectacular plays, but you know, can he? Th you know, can he pass for over 200 yards in a game? Mm -hmm. Can he win games? They, they had a bunch of games last year, and obviously it ended up working out because they got the first overall pick. But I do think it is a little bit of a red flag where you know there are winnable games. You know, and once again, I don't know if it helps to have a lower pick, but I think that there are looking at the film, just watching it, which a lot of people have done, taking deeper dives than me. But there are definitely some issues with Fields, whether it's his decision making. And, you know, they obviously have D.J. Moore. So well, you also saw it, too. I mean, look, it, Fields did not play well, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's not just the no. Justin Fields problem. I mean, there's other issues, and, you know, we can break down the tape, and I don't know what Claypool's doing out there or some of the other players that just don't seem to be in it. I mean, look, and, and, and part of it is, like, this is a proven year for a lot of players. So with Fields, you just get the sense like there needs to be progression in the style of play. While it was great, it's not sustainable for him to just run all the time. I mean, we see mm -hmm. this with the NFL. I, I think that it's a great first start to switch into the Packers for Jordan Love. But, again, Bears are going to be near the bottom of the role. Let's just wait a little bit. You know, that would be my holy thing there because he played within the offense and they were designing plays. But you saw how wide open some of those guys are. So I would just pump the brakes on the Jordan Love hype train just yet. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing because um, I don't need to you know, beat the dead horse of the Bears. But I, the Bears do make 
quarterbacks look really good. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think Rock Osweiler's undefeated against them. Joey Harrington, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, has a winning record against the Bears. Wow. So, yeah, I would, I, you know, you definitely want a bigger sample size um, <laughs> before you anoint a guy in the Hall of Fame. Um, even, you know, I remember uh, Carson Wentz, I think his third start was on uh, Monday night against the Bears. And, you know, he was 3-0 and or 2-0 and leading up to that game. But, you know, yeah, let's see how he does against, you know, right. other, other teams. Well, um, that... Yeah, well, that division's going to be fun. I mean, the Lions beat the Chiefs on Thursday. They're they're firmly in the mix of a playoff contender. And we'll talk about regressing at the mean, right? Week one, Vikings finally lose a one-score game. Yeah, it was bizarre. You know, they have, uh, you know, I feel like even just with the Netflix show, I feel like Kirk Cousins, you know, his popularity is mm-hmm. kind of yeah. skyrocketed uh, as a guy who, you know, puts up great stats. Obviously, I think the team needs more from him in the playoffs, but you know that, you know, you still have a pretty good shot of going 12-5 and five or 13-4 and four every season. So, yeah, you know, that one really surprised me. You know, I think with Baker Mayfield on the other side, you know, the story on him was, okay, maybe if he's been with all these teams in the last few years, maybe there's a reason that. Um, but still showing, you know, his playmaking mm-hmm. ability a few times. So, yeah, you know, and I don't know if the Vikings are, you know, talking about the Super Bowl hangover, but even going back to, you know, they had such a great regular season, and I feel right. like, there was always talk about, okay, well, let's see what happens, you know, because they've had so many close games. And, and, yeah, I guess exactly to your point. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how the Bears do, but I think all the three other teams will definitely, yeah. um, you know, continue to, you know, I think rebound or continue to win. There's going to be ups and downs. I think it's going to be a dog fight. There's not going to be one of these teams that runs away from it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. And, you, and we mentioned the Eagles and the Niners as being, you know, legit again. The Cowboys dismantle the Giants, a game that you know obviously said more about the Giants' lack of preparation than Daniel Jones staying in that game late was crazy. But I do think there's a formula here for Dallas that would make, if you're a Cowboys fan, your uh, your ears perk up a little bit. Not relying solely on the offense, aka Dak Prescott, to have to play as a hero out there. If their defense is going to be top five unit, which they very much can be, this is going to be a very successful Cowboys season as they you know. Move through a move through an NFC that I think Adam we agree it might not be as heavy at the top in terms of finding contenders. The Cowboys could mm-hmm. be on a very short list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know, obviously, yeah. To your point, they scored on special teams, they scored on defense, they had all the sacks, um, and yeah, exactly. I think even a couple weeks ago, I was trying to think, okay, what potential teams would be come out of the NFC to the Super Bowl? I didn't necessarily want to think, okay, just the Eagles again, and yeah, there really doesn't seem to be a ton. So. I think they have a lot of other pieces. They've got great wide receivers. Um, obviously, <laughs> the decision to you know move on from a fan favorite. I I think I don't know. I'm not a Cowboys fan. Maybe the last couple of years, maybe you kind of lose a little interest in Ezekiel Elliott. Obviously, there's bigger issues with the running back position in general. Um, but definitely some solid pieces. And obviously, it's just week one. But you know, it feels a little bit more sustainable than kind of the last few years where they've been you know decent in the playoffs, but obviously wanting to you know do a little more. Before we uh, wind down and look ahead to week two, what were your thoughts on the uh, three rookie quarterbacks in Richardson, Stroud, and uh, Bryce Young? Obviously, none of them got the win, but some good moments, some bad ones. What were your thoughts on uh, a rarity, as we were talking before, three opening day starters as rookies at quarterback? Yeah, um, the only one we could think of was was the 2012 with RG3 and Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. So, yeah, you know, it's going to be tough with, the guys that were picked one and two just because there maybe not a lot of talent around them. So, and, and you know, even though I feel like the rookie seasons are just so hard to, to tell, you know, the win loss record or, 
the interceptions obviously we've seen from Peyton Manning and, and Trevor Lawrence. So you just want to see that progression, and I think maybe not you know putting a ton of pressure on the guys, but also uh, making sure that they're able to handle more plays um, without having to you know keep everything in wraps. It, it's a tough call to have to go out there week one. You know that used to not be the standard. It's you know it's really started I think with Ben Roethlisberger, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you know teams expected to win. Even going back to the seventies, it was you know, sometimes you'd sit on the bench for five years before you played. And um, you know now someone like Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, that's kind of the definitely the exception to the rule. So, you know, it, it'll be tough. I think the, the 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 teams at the beginning of the draft, um, you know, that might be a one to two year deal. So it's this tough balance where you have the rookie contract, but you want to win when you're on that. But you you want to build something more sustainable before you have to, you know, back up the Brinks truck, as they say, to uh, you know pay the guys if if they're worth it. Well, it's going to be fun to see. It was a great week one. The only other notes that I have, again, you know. Some underdogs winning, the Rams over the Seahawks. That was a bad Seahawks loss. Raiders beating the Broncos. and Not an underdog, but that, Saint, that Saints-Titans game. Titans have issues at the quarterback position. And the Saints with Carr, and I know it wasn't flashy, but you know, I hate to schedule predict, Adam, but it's not the hardest schedule for the Saints. Yeah, and they're yeah. I think both of those teams, you know, definitely have some questions. Obviously, the Titans, uh, with the exception of last season, have have you know been in that? Well, they've kind of been that middling. You know, good regular season, need more. So, you know, I, I think last year was so interesting because you had uh, so many new quarterbacks change teams, and overall, I feel like it just didn't work out for a lot of them. So, it, it's always kind of fascinating. You know, is, yeah. a, is, is it a fresh start and is it good, or is it just kind of like okay, the NFL seen this guy? and they're on the downside of their career. So, um, yeah, and I think that division probably sets up well for the Saints as well. Well, Adam Musto, uh, before we wrap up here on the Money Mitch Effect, looking at week two, what I love about looking at the schedule too this part of the year is that we can't say any of these teams are really officially bad yet. <laughs> we got mm-hmm. a lot more exciting matchups than maybe we're used to. But starts Thursday with Vikings-Eagles. Vikings desperately trying not to go 0-2. Uh, to start the year, they got to go to Philly, and uh, it hasn't gone well for them against the Eagles in the last couple years. So that's the Thursday night game. Ravens Bengals in the divisional matchup uh, is one to look at. Uh, just going off of Sunday, Chiefs Jags again. Chiefs try not to be 0 2, got to go down to Jacksonville to win there. Uh, and then, of course, you know, there's other games to discuss, but you know what I'm looking forward to Monday night football, Browns Steelers. I don't think the Browns, by the way, have been favored in Pittsburgh since they came back. I want to look that up. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise. Yeah, that that sounds about right. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Because the yeah the Steelers have hardly been under five hundred like we talked about. So I'm yeah. trying to think even like Derek Anderson season or you know yeah seven or. Yeah, I, I would have to look. We'll see. It's pretty crazy, but that's a good one. There's some good games there. Uh, what's what's What are you looking forward to, whether it's a game or just seeing if a team bounces back or just other observations? Yeah, I think that you know, week two is fun, right, exactly kind of like what you are saying because, you know, some teams really desperately can't go 2-0, and I mean 0-2, and, and then others, you know, we kind of want to get a little bit more idea if they're for real or not. I think looking at the schedule, well, you, you know, you have some playoff rematches, um, but also some potential playoff um, games, or you know, maybe not necessarily with two zero and one teams. But I think you know, Chargers Titans can be interesting um, because you know teams that I think we expect a lot out of them um, and kind of want to prove it against each other. And um, hmm. you know, Forty ers Rams will be interesting. And even you know, teams that won Week One, we we want to know um, you know, can they sustain it? 
um, or and how do you even I feel like some of the younger teams maybe teams that had a surprise win um, are right. they able to kind of just see you know have that mindset of okay it's just another one versus mm-hmm. okay we won this one everything's so awesome and then you know you kind of lay an egg in week two so true some of the teams that made those playoff runs Giants and Vikings come to mind they got early wins that were maybe upsets and they just kept it going so uh, something to consider and just to answer my question it's happened one time it was four years ago the uh, Browns lost that game not surprisingly but that's it since 99 that's the only other time Uh, new stat too I saw in the same tweet Adam is that oddly enough the Browns have only played at Pittsburgh twice since 2000 in the month of September I know it's like a little big league stat but they usually don't play these games that early, so kind of fun to see. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I guess that does. It does kind of seem like it's a definitely a primetime game, but mm-hmm. yeah, it does feel like maybe a November or December game. Yeah, well, it's kind of weird. I feel like yeah. there are some rivalries. Sorry, where yeah, you kind of you, you want to save them for the end of the season. Um, I mean, sometimes you play in week one a lot, and obviously the last week of the regular season. But I feel like mm-hmm. you know the league definitely sets up certain games to be you know closer to the playoffs. Uh, you know, push. Yeah, don't you also feel like, and I was bringing this point up, the one by, and I don't know if this will stay, it probably won't, but as it is now with seven, it makes the end of the regular season more exciting to me because you only have one team that gets that by that essentially you have less teams that have locked everything up. I mean, you could always have a team that's locked into their seed, but you only have one by instead of two where it's like, okay, if that's you know more teams that could get there and then that's it. So I do think week 18 is a little better. Yeah, and I think that yeah, and that makes that buy so critical. Um, you know, I think there was a I feel like there was a time in the '90s where having a you know the first few seeds was almost a you know breeze into the Super Bowl. Um, it's mm-hmm. expanded a couple times, um, even you know before mm-hmm. in the '80s they had five total. So yeah, I think that the way it plays out now, it's a huge advantage, um, and even just things of you know weather and whether it's indoors or outdoors makes a big difference. So. Um, and, you know, fighting all the way from one to seven. Um, I feel like there's going to be teams that are going to be in it very late in the season, um, and, you know, it's key to be able to do that. Well, Adam Musso, this was a pleasure as always. Thanks for coming on the Money Mitch Effect talking football. We'll be catching up throughout the season, seeing uh, our updates, seeing how some of our uh, predictions or projections have fared. Thanks for coming on and talking NFL here on the Money Mitch Effect. Thanks for having me. Have fun on Monday as well, watching your brown. I can't wait for that. That was Adam Musto on the Money Mitch Effect. We're on all your podcast platforms, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google, Amazon Music. Search Money Mitch, Money Mitch Effect and it pops right up. And check out the Money Mitch Effect Facebook page for some exclusive content too. For Adam Musto, my name is Mitch Michaels. We'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Money Mitch Effect. Keep enjoying sports. <laughs>